What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be running through my week 17 running back rankings. So just going through the uh, top 36 RBs for this specific week. As always, if you guys have any fantasy questions, drop them down below. If you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. I also just want to throw it out there that it does feel like, you know, there are some extra things going on this week. Obviously we have injuries. We have weird scenarios where teams may not need a win. Maybe they're resting players. So I think these rankings will kind of evolve throughout the week. So, you know, maybe something happens Friday, Saturday. If you guys want to stop by again, you know, just drop a new comment. I will make sure to, you know, continue to be checking the comment sections. But let's just jump right into the uh, rankings. And, you know, per usual, not going to get super nitpicky at the top here. I went with Christian McCaffrey at number one. I like the matchup here against the Raiders. His usage can be a little frustrating with them, you know, not just giving him every single opportunity, but still, he's very involved. He's clearly, you know, their RB1, and he has the receiving upside, the touchdown upside on that offense, someone who is an elite RB1. At two, I have Austin Eckler, a little bit of a tougher matchup going up against the Rams, but he just continues to get into the end zone on a very strong offense. We have Saquon going up against the Colts, another guy that's just a lock in your lineup. I think there's probably a tear break here going from Saquon down here to uh, Delvin Cook at four, but I still think Delvin Cook is very reliable. This Vikings offense is kind of peaking at this point. At least that's what it looks like. They have a divisional matchup against the Packers. Now here at number five is where I may be going, you know, kind of a little bit away from consensus. I ended up going with James Conner here. Now I do think there are a lot of these RB1s where they could be mixed around, you know, in a variety of different orders. I like Connor here. I like the matchup against the Falcons. I know they don't have like this elite offensive ceiling without Kyler, but since James Connor has been healthy, they are just absolutely feeding this man. He barely, you know, takes a step on the sideline. He is always out there. His route participation is fantastic. They use him like a workhorse. If they are going to score, you know, he's likely going to be the guy. He continues to score touchdowns, even if they're not putting up huge point totals. So, you know, if you think he's more of a back-end RB1, that's fine. For me, I like the consistency. He has a pretty solid weekly floor, just given the opportunities and the receiving work. So he's going to be my RB5. At six, I have Travis Etienne, and I kind of gave that, you know, exception at the top where there are going to be some reports coming out throughout the week that may change this. So just straight up, you know, if the Jaguars are trying to win this game, Travis Etienne, I love the workload he's had. I love the way the uh, Jaguars offense has looked and the matchup here against the Texans is fantastic. So this is like assuming the Jaguars are going all in, they're playing their starters. I really love Travis Etienne this week. However, this game basically doesn't matter. It's all going to come down to their uh, week 18 matchup against the Titans. And there are a few different ways they could go about this. They could, you know, just play all their starters, keep the offense rolling, or maybe they don't want to risk anything. You know, maybe they're uh, just going to sit all these guys and then play for week 18. But then there's also kind of the unfortunate possibility where they could play them for like a quarter or a half. And then these guys are getting pulled. So this is something we're going to have to continue to evaluate throughout the week. And, you know, I may end up going with a lot of these other guys over ETN if the reports aren't super clear. Moving over to number seven, I have Ramondre Stevenson, and he did have a, a pretty costly fumble towards the end of their week 16 game. And, you know, there's always some risk when you're dealing with Bill Belichick, where for running back fumbles, they kind of get put in the doghouse. They can get benched. You won't see him again. For me, I just think Ramondre is a little different here. Typically in those situations, you're looking at a running back that's operating in a committee, you know, maybe it's not 50-50, but 60-40, 70-30, and then that running back gets benched. 
Ramondre has just been used as an absolute workhorse. I think they're going to go back to the well with him. They have a matchup here against the Dolphins. I like the workload. He's been a monster, you know, basically since he uh, capitalized on that RB1 role. So I like him here as a mid-tier RB1 option. At eight, I have Derrick Henry, and I have him on here just, you know, on the off chance he does play. But like I talked about with Travis Etienne, I would not be shocked, or I, you know, honestly would kind of be surprised if he did play. He's dealing with a hip injury. This game really isn't important. So I have him here just in case they are going to play him. But once again, we have to monitor the reports. Are they going to play him a quarter or a half? Just a tough situation right now. This is just where he would be ranked if he is playing, you know, 100%, um, you know, of what he normally would do. Now at nine, I have Josh Jacobs. And it's tough to rank Josh Jacobs here because pretty much all season long, he's been an absolute monster. This is just a really, really tough matchup here against the 49ers. The Niners defense has just consistently been shutting down some of these uh, top fantasy running backs. So even though he's normally viewed as like RB1, 2, 3, 4, 5, somewhere in there, he is going to get docked a little bit because of that tough matchup. Here at 10, we have Joe Mixon. Probably uh, the best game of the week here, the Bengals taking on the Bills. It's not an ideal matchup here for Joe Mixon, but I like the workload we saw last week. Very involved as a pass catcher. I wouldn't say he has 100% of his early season workload back, but it's enough where you can trust him as like a back-end RB1. At 11, I'm going with Kenneth Walker. He does draw a decently tough matchup here against the Jets, but even in tough matchups, he still has a very strong workload on the ground. Just kind of buying into the uh, talent here of Kenneth Walker. And then at 12, closing out the RB1s, I have Alvin Kamara. He's going up against the Eagles. Not the greatest matchup, you know, a tough Eagles defense. But we did finally see Alvin Kamara bounce back. And I just think he's going to continue to have a solid workload. We know he gets involved as a pass catcher. And so, you know, if you want to argue him 13, 14, 15, I'm fine with it. For me, he's an RB1 this week. At 13, I have Tony Pollard. And this is kind of interesting here because Tony Pollard has actually uh, missed some practice time this week with a thigh injury. A little bit concerning because he uh, is playing in that Thursday night game. So another situation we're going to have to monitor. If Tony Pollard is out, even in a tougher matchup against this uh, Titans run D, I think Zeke bounces up to, you'd probably have to throw him in the top 10 running backs, honestly. He would have a massive workload. It's kind of this weird situation because typically, you know, you'd be expecting this uh, Cowboys offense to just run through the Titans. And it's very possible that that happens. But typically in those game scripts, you're expecting them to go up early. And then you're expecting massive games out of the running back position. The tough thing here with the Titans is that they have just basically been like, you know, a fantasy funnel to the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. But they have been really, really tough to the running back position. So I guess we'll kind of see uh, what breaks there on Thursday night. At 14, I have a huge riser from last week, and it's going to be Leonard Fournette going up against the Panthers. Now, this backfield has been going back and forth, so I can't say like I have 100% confidence that Leonard Fournette is going to keep that same role he had last week. But if he can maintain that like 65-35 split with the way the Buccaneers have been playing, with the way that Brady's been reading the field, I mean, this is just a great spot for Fournette. He's consistently been a solid check down option for Brady. And even in games where the Bucs offense has really struggled, Fournette just continues to put up points. It never looks pretty. He's not going to have a ton of touchdown upside, but he just continues to produce for fantasy. So I do actually like him as a pretty strong RB2 this week. Plus, I mean, this is basically season on the line for both of these teams. So we'll see what uh, he's able to do. At 15, I have Nick Chubb. I think this is probably the first time I have Nick Chubb outside of my top 12. He's been on a very cold stretch. You know, the usage is still fine. Like his carry numbers are solid. He just hasn't been able to get into the end zone. It's not really a great matchup here against the Commanders. 
So he's going to be a a high-end RB2 for me. 16, I have Aaron Jones, and he's a guy that I think we definitely need to monitor throughout the week because basically like the storyline on Sunday, at least that Packers-Dolphins game, obviously before the uh, Tua injury, but the story, you know, fantasy-wise was the lack of Aaron Jones usage. It was very strange to see A.J. Dillon out there so much you know, taking a ton of receiving work, which we would normally see go to Aaron Jones. And obviously it was frustrating for a lot of Aaron Jones owners. Then we find out, I think the day after, that he was actually dealing with an ankle injury in that game. So it actually makes sense why the usage was flipped. In the uh, start-sit video, you know, I was talking about like, we don't really know what's going to happen here, but now we kind of have the answer because of the injury. The tough thing is, is that he might play through this injury, but if he's not 100%, do we see the same usage we saw last week with A.J. Dillon as the number one? So just one of these things, we're going to have to continue to monitor the reports throughout the week. Now at 17, I have Miles Sanders coming off of back-to-back down games. I talked about this in the start-sit video. That's just the nature of starting these running backs with solid workloads on the ground, but very limited receiving work. You're expecting them to get into the end zone, and then, you know, kind of rush for a decent amount of yardage. It's the same thing with Ezekiel Elliott every week. His uh, production is basically dependent on scoring a touchdown. So typically you take that bet on a top offense, but you can kind of uh, compound some games where it just doesn't necessarily play out in your favor. Now at 18, I have David Montgomery. And even though we did see uh, Khalil Herbert make his return, David Montgomery still uh, kept a solid portion of this offense. I like the matchup here against the Lions. For a stretch there, they were looking, uh, you know, pretty scary against the run, and then they just get absolutely torched by the Panthers. I'm not sure, you know, what uh, to believe here with this Lions run defense. Like, are they going to go back to what they saw last week, or are we going to see that super tough unit we saw for like a four or five week stretch? We'll see. I still think I like the workload here. I like the overall matchup in terms of the touchdown opportunities. So Montgomery is a uh, mid-tier running back too for me. And then at 19, I have Jarek McKinnon going up against the Broncos. We just saw that Broncos defense get absolutely shredded. Obviously, we all have a lot of confidence in that uh, Chiefs offense. Jarek McKinnon doesn't necessarily have the most like established workload. It's not like he has you know 10 carries guaranteed. He can go out there, rush for two, three times, and you wouldn't be super surprised. So it does make him a slightly risky play, but he also has some fantastic receiving upside. I think he'll get his opportunities. They keep giving him opportunities to get into the end zone. So I do like him here at running back 19. Behind him, I have Najee Harris. And Najee just kind of continues to grind out like these semi-acceptable fantasy performances. Like he's giving you double-digit production. He had a pretty solid week, especially in the uh, pass catching department. But if you were watching that game, like a lot of it was just on that last drive. So he's not going to be overly efficient. This is probably going to be a pretty gross game uh, here with the Steelers and the Ravens. But I think, you know, he can grind his way to like a mid-tier RB2 finish for you. 21, we have a huge riser after his massive uh, week 16. That is Cam Akers going up against the Chargers. And Akers is a pretty tough guy to evaluate here because I just don't really know what to think about this Rams offense, right? All season long, they look pretty miserable. All season long, the Broncos defense looks really, really strong. And then the uh, Rams just go out there and have this crazy offensive explosion. So I think they're probably going to come back down to earth here. But what we did see is that Akers basically has a total monopoly over this backfield. So even if they're struggling, his workload is still going to be strong. If they do get a touchdown, he's probably the most likely guy to get into the end zone. So someone who I still think can be a back-end RB2 this week. 22, I have A.J. Dillon. Talked about him and Aaron Jones' workload. Another thing, we'll just kind of see how this shakes out throughout the week. 23, I have Tyler Algier. I talked about it in the uh, running back start-sift video. Algier took over this backfield. Now, Cordero Patterson will still be involved, 
but it doesn't look like this is going to be the 50-50 uh, split we've seen over the past few weeks. This was very clearly Tyler Algier taking the RB1 work. So, you know, it's probably going to be a grimy matchup here, Falcons-Cardinals, but I still think Algier's workload uh, makes him, you know, a decent RB2 option. And then at 24, I have Zeke. A lot of this comes down to the poor matchup here for Ezekiel Elliott. But like I talked about with Tony Pollard, if Pollard is out, I mean, you know, skyrocket this man Zeke to a top 10 guy because I think they will just absolutely feed him. Now, looking at the uh, RB3s, I still think some of these guys are playable here. Starting it off with Brian Robinson going up against the Browns. We saw, uh, I think it's Jonathan Williams and Antonio Gibson kind of split opportunities. I think Gibson's also a little bit banged up. Brian Robinson has pretty clearly established himself as the early down guy. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. And in a solid matchup here against the Browns, I think he can give you a pretty decent performance. Now, he doesn't have a crazy high floor or a super high ceiling, but someone, you know, kind of in that Isaiah Pacheco range who I have right behind him, they're going to score their points in uh, similar ways. So Pacheco here, I do like him a little bit less than uh, Jerick McKinnon, just because I think he doesn't have as high of a ceiling. We've seen McKinnon, you know, have some massive games, but he will have an established workload. You're just hoping this Chiefs offense puts up a lot of points and you're hoping that Pacheco does get into the end zone. Here at 27, I have DeAndre Swift, and I think his ranking could change uh, based on the health of Jamal Williams. So we saw Jamal Williams leave that week 16 game early on, or I think it was in like the third quarter, which led to uh, DeAndre Swift getting some more work. Jamal Williams is currently dealing with a uh, leg injury. So if he's not able to go, I think we definitely have to feel better about DeAndre Swift. I think if Jamal Williams is out, we're going to see people talk about Swift as like a top 12, top 10 running back. And while I would like that to be the case, especially in a strong matchup here against the Bears, I just wouldn't be shocked if they continue to not give him a strong workload. Like if we're talking, you know, heading into week 18, if you guys are still going to stop by when I'm uh, doing my content that week. But like if I'm looking at a uh, Swift, uh, Justin Jackson, 50-50 split, like I wouldn't be shocked. I would still expect DeAndre Swift to get the bulk of the work, but you just never know with that backfield. It seems like they just do not want to commit to him. So this ranking is assuming that Jamal Williams is uh, healthy and playing. So he would be like a high-end RB3. I would say if Jamal Williams is out, you probably throw him into that like Montgomery, McKinnon, Najee Harris area. That would be my uh, initial assumption there. And then behind Swift, I have J.K. Dobbins. I talked about how this is probably going to be a grimy matchup uh, going up against the Steelers. And unfortunately, J.K. Dobbins is pretty firmly established into a like 50-50 committee. And early on, you know, the first few weeks coming off of IR when he was effective, it was still a committee, but he was the guy that was breaking off the big runs. He was getting into the end zone. I just don't think that can be super relied on week to week. So he's more of like a higher end RB3 for me. Behind him, I have Deonta Foreman. We kind of have this stretch of uh, Dobbins, Foreman, Knight, these like early down backs who aren't going to give you a ton in the receiving game but are going to get a lot of work on the ground. So for Foreman going up against the Buccaneers, he has had some massive games uh, since CMC was traded, but he's also had some real clunkers. If I had to lean one way, I probably think the Buccaneers do a decent job, you know, shutting them down. But I would have said the same thing last week about the Lions. In fact, I did say that. Like, I didn't like Foreman. I didn't like Hubbard. And then they went out and just, you know, absolutely torched them on the ground. So I think, you know, there's a pretty low floor, and also a decently high ceiling for Foreman if he can just, you know, shred through that defense. And then Zonovan Knight, a similar guy in terms of uh, their role. Going up against the Seahawks, I really like the matchup here with Mike White at quarterback. I think the touchdown upside is raised. 
the uh, splits of Zonovan Knight with uh, Mike White as the starter compared to Zach Wilson is night and day. So I actually do think he's like a decent fringe option flex play this week. Behind him, I have Devin Singletary. And then I'll also just mention James Cook at 36. I like Singletary slightly more. It's like a 55-45 split, obviously on a top offense. Behind Singletary, I have uh, his former teammate, Zach Moss, going up against the Giants. And it's pretty rare for a running back to basically like dominate a backfield and be ranked so low. But honestly, that's just where we're at with this uh, Colts offense. They're really struggling. It kind of seems like they're tanking. It seems like they're going to roll with uh, Nick Foles. I don't know really why you would do that instead of getting a look at Sam Ellinger. I guess we'll see. If he gets into the end zone, he'll probably give you a decent day. But I just don't know if I want to be banking on that. At 33, I have Rashad White. And a few weeks ago, I really thought Rashad White was going to break out and kind of be the uh, RB1 for the Buccaneers. It hasn't happened. Fournette has kind of held him off and seems to be dealing with a uh, Liz Frank injury. So not super great for Rashad White that he couldn't really uh, you know, capitalize on an injured Lenny, but he's going to be a back-end uh, RB3 for me. And then 34 and 35, I just have the uh, Dolphins split. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, bad match against the Patriots. Basically a 50-50 split. Wouldn't really want either of these guys in my lineup. So that is going to wrap it up for my running back rankings. Like I said at the top, if you guys have any questions right now, you can drop them down below. If things change throughout the week, you know, feel free to come back and drop a new comment. It could be on this video, uh, it could be on a newer one, and I will also make sure to answer those, you know, making sure you guys feel confident and, uh, you know, informed in kind of setting your uh, championship lineups. Good luck to you guys. Hope you guys bring home that championship. Thank you for stopping by, and I will see you guys in the next one.